Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You are listening to Trash Talk with Dave Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Monday, the 8th of January, 2024, and this is episode 13 of our NBA pod. And we get some big men on campus this week. There's no doubt they are going to fill our best of the best. Yep, we are going players, not teams this week. Uh, and there's been a couple of big fellas that have been absolutely on fire from the last week. We're also going to take out the trash. And as always, we've uh, we got ourselves a trash pile. <laughs> we do. We'll hit on uh, some question time after that. As always, at Trash Talk with D Bork there on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you once again for sliding into those DMs. We've got a little anonymous question this week. Someone who wants to stay silent. And we're also going to have a best bet for the NBA tomorrow. So why don't we start with our best of the best for this week? As we said, big men on campus. I'm focusing on the big fellas. I was a big fella myself back in the day playing some hoops, so it's, uh, it's good that we can prioritise these guys this week. Let's start with Giannis Antetokounmpo out in Milwaukee. They had a bad week, though, as a team. They went 1-3, and three, and especially a team as elite as Milwaukee is. That's a bad, bad week, but that is... At no fault of the Greek freak, he had a huge week. He went 30 points, 18 rebounds, and 11 assists in a loss to the Indiana Pacers. Went again at Indy in another loss, 26-11-8. and Man, Indy just haven't bothered. Yeah, Indy got their number this year. Followed that up with a, a big, big game primetime on ESPN. 44 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists at the San Antonio Spurs up against the... The Eiffel Tower, Victor Wembanyama, And finally followed that up in a ridiculous performance, but a loss at the Houston Rockets. But I guess the way that the Rockets are playing basketball this year, especially at home, it's kind of no shock. Uh, he had 48-17-2 in that loss. As we said, a 1-3 and three week for the Bucks. They've been, they've been sliding a little bit. Yes, they're still in second spot, but they really don't seem to be hitting their straps over the last couple of weeks at all. They're going through the motions. They're always going to be good enough to win games. But, yeah, when the going gets tough in a lot of those games, it's been kind of ugly for the Bucks. It really has. Probably should have went 0-4. You know, the Spurs were were pretty unlucky to lose in that contest. But they eventually held on the end, as we said. You know, talent's always going to hold out against most bad teams, which was the case for the Milwaukee Bucks there. Otherwise, they could have been looking in an 0-4 hole. But... That won't be the only time we'll be talking about the Bucks in this episode, no doubt. And speaking of the uh, the French Eiffel Tower or whatever we want to be calling him right now, Victor Wembanyama had himself a week as well. He had 21-7-3 and in a loss to the Portland Trailblazers. They've been losing a lot, but again, like similar to, I guess, Giannis, it's uh, at no fault of the big fella here. 20-9 against the Memphis Grizzlies in a loss there. Followed that up with 27-9 and a... Probably one of the most impressive, impressive plays in a long time against the Milwaukee Bucks there and around the back dunk on Brook Lopez. It looked effortless. It really did. Threw it off the backboard as well for a dunk. I mean, it was like it was an all-star game for Wemby. <laughs> it was, uh, he, was, he was all on show in a primetime ESPN game here in Australia. It, it was awesome to watch. But if you look at Wemby overall on the season and... He's somewhat fallen out in the rookie of the year race at the hands of, I guess, Chet Holmgren, but these numbers are just insane 
for for a kid coming into the league, I think a lot of people thought that it's gonna, it was going to take some time for Wemby. He wasn't just going to pop off straight away, but he's averaging 19.2 points a game, 10.1 revs, and 2.8 assists. It is really impressive. It is. He's fun to watch. They're a bad basketball team, no doubt. Uh, and it's looking like they're a big chance to get the number one pick next year, or they'll, they'll definitely be in the conversation. And they're a chance of teaming Alexander Saar up with Victor Wembanyama to have the the Eiffel Towers French French lineup and I guess takes you back to the the glory days of San Antonio basketball with Tim Duncan and David Robinson could be having that all over again but the French version in San Antonio so yeah I think they'll be regardless of their record right now the Spurs knew they weren't winning a championship but to get the quality of play that you're getting right now from Wenby is very very impressive it is Speaking of international hoopers, we're going to stay there. I might talk about American Big One at one point in time in this conversation. Let's go to Nikola Jokic. Wow. Yeah, that game-winning three against the Golden State Warriors was something else. He had 34-9-10 and 10 in Golden State, like we said, with a huge game-winning three there. They, they were down 16 with six minutes to play in that contest. Um, and... When Jokic hit that shot, he showed he showed more emotion than he did of actually winning the NBA Finals last season. So it's good to see the big fella's got some care factor, I guess, in the NBA this season. He's been a lot more, I don't know, he showed a lot more anger, I guess, towards the officiating crew. But yeah, to see him to see him react like that was really cool. And I guess obviously it was on the back of a of a huge comeback victory there in Golden State. Unfortunately, they followed that up, losing to the Orlando Magic at home. It wasn't a back-to-back, but he had 29, 4, and 8 in that contest. He has been phenomenal again this season, and he's obviously in the conversation to win the MVP award, and you wouldn't be, you really wouldn't be against that, given his level of play. And the way that he, you know, he had a, four-game stretch last week where he only missed four shots. Super, super, super fun to watch Jokic play. He's averaging twenty, just over 26 points a game, just under 12 rebounds a night, 11.9 and 9.1 assists. And uh, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see another big man like him. We're really not. So, so cool to watch, and he's going to be great to watch at the Olympics. He really will. Missed out on the last World Championships. There's no way that Nikola Jokic is going to miss out on the Olympics and a chance to win a gold medal in Paris, for sure. Let's hit on an American big man, though, and someone who may very well be a chance to be playing at the Olympics because you're going to need some going to need some rim protection, and this guy does that, does that very, very well. Jared Allen for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He has elevated his play, especially without Evan Mobley. He went 16-11-4 with a loss at the Toronto Raptors, followed that up with back-to-back wins against the Washington Wizards, which is, uh, yeah, not hard to do. <laughs> the numbers he's putting up were, were crazy. He had 17, 19, and 7 in the first outing against Washington, then finished that up with 12 and 12 last time out. Overall in the season, though, that's probably where it gets even more impressive for him because I think a lot of people just see Jared Allen as a you know rim-protecting big. He'll clean up the glass. Might give you 8 to 10 points a night. No. He's picked up his scoring without Evan Mobley. He's averaging now just under 14 and a half a night, just under 10 rebounds at 9.7 and 3 assists a night as well. The stock is very, very high right now for Jared Allen with their other young big fella out. 
and we'll talk about it in a bit in our New Year's resolutions segment after question time, but there could be some moves made in Cleveland, and the stock's not going to get a whole lot higher right now for Jared Allen. I don't think it will. Let's hit on another big guy who's been phenomenal this year, especially for a team who's far exceeding expectations and is still a huge chance to win that division and make a run at the playoffs, just given their level of play so far this year. Paolo Banquero coming off again. I think playing in the in the World Championships over the summer has, has definitely helped him out for sure. And I think without Franz Wagner, his play has been phenomenal too. It really has. 28-9-7 and seven in a loss at the Phoenix Suns. He was great there. Again, a near triple-double. Followed that up with 27-12-6 in a loss at Golden State. So back-to-back losses there for Orlando. But they followed that up with another loss. Unfortunately, this one in double overtime. But if you watch this game, especially with his level of play, it was phenomenal. He had 43-4-5. They're not losing games because of Paolo Benquero, that's for sure. He was finally rewarded with their last game of the week, 32-10-11 in a win against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Huge win, huge triple-double. Bancaro overall in the season averaging just under 23 a night, 7.1 rebounds and just under 5 assists on the night. He is going to be an all-star this season. He really will. We're a few weeks away, I guess, from knowing who's going to be named in that all-star team, and if he's not picked, then... I think we need to start looking at how we are naming our all-stars because I think we've got to go away from, oh, he's there on name and whatnot. No, we need to start picking guys on performance-based. He's already represented his country, even though he backflips on Italy, whatever. So he'd be every chance of also playing in, I guess, the next Olympics now. And if he keeps up this level of play, it's going to be hard not to pick him. It's really not also dependent on who makes themselves available. And given the chat that's going on right now with Team USA... They somewhat embarrassed themselves at the last World Championships, picking up you know, some scrap pieces to their lineup. I think they'll be going pretty heavy in LeBron's every chance of playing in Paris as well. <laughs> kind of. So I think if he plays, you're going to get the old redeem team back together. I think Team USA has now realised that you can't just walk into a, a gold medal or a first-place finish in World Champs or Olympic Games anymore. The world has caught up. One guy who may be very well on his way to Paris, I think he's got to help his team make the playoffs first, is Anthony Davis. He's been brilliant this year. He really has. The Lakers had a very bad week, though. He went 20-10-3 at the Pelicans on New Year's Day, followed that up with a monster performance against Miami Heat, but without Jimmy Butler in a loss, a 29-17-6. Then in a game they realistically should have won, Against the Memphis Grizzlies, he was brilliant. He destroyed Jaron Jackson. He went 31-6-4, but they lost. That's an 0-3 week for them. Really, really bad week. On the season, though, he's averaging twenty, just under 25.5 at 25.3 points a game, 12.3 rebounds a night. He's cleaning up the glass and just under 3.5 assists at 3.4. So it's almost like he's been the lone shining light. And given that you know LeBron is a 48-year-old, <laughs> going around right now he has to do that he does because LeBron just can't simply carry him like he used to he's still playing some incredible basketball but Anthony Davis needs to be putting up these kind of numbers if not better on a nightly basis he can't afford to take games off anymore the Lakers are sitting in a in a in a bad position right now they're currently underway against the LA Clippers in in this contest they need this win massively but they're 17 and 19 they need to be winning games, and you need to be going to your big fella. Get him the ball. Against the Memphis Grizzlies, they battled to get it to him down the stretch. 
It was worrisome. It really was. He could. He should have had 40. You just go to him every possession. Make them double him. Then you'll get the likes of, you know, Russell or Prince, Reddish, open for three. You guys get your looks there. But get the ball to the big fella. They're so reliant on the three when you've got a one-on-one matchup with AD. And when he's playing this well, you've just got to give him the ball. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, we had some, some very good big men performances this week. Super impressive. But that is our best of the best wrapped up. Why don't we hit on some trash? And like we said, we get a few of that coming up right now. Let's stick with the Los Angeles Lakers. As we said, they went 0-3 on the week. Should have realistically been 3-0 given the opponents that they had. Uh, Maybe they went too hard on Bourbon Street in New Orleans uh, for that first matchup, but they realistically should have beat the Miami Heat. They should have beat Memphis. As good as, I guess, Miami have been going, even without Jimmy Butler, you've just got to win that game at home. You do. You're full strength. You're playing a Miami Heat roster without him... You just got to win. You do. And they were bad. And then Memphis come into town. You know, Memphis, I get it. They've had Ja Morant back. They look a lot better with him. You just beat the Memphis Grizzlies in last season's playoff run, and Memphis bullied them. They did. I get it. The game was somewhat close, but you're at home against the Grizz in a team that's... What are they now? They're four and a half, five games back out of a playing spot. You need to kick them while they're down. And they didn't do that. You lost two of three at home this week. It's it's really, really not good enough, especially when you're on that fringe kind of playing team. You're not even close to the playoffs right now, 17 and 19. You're coming into, you know, we're three or four weeks away from all-star break. You've got to hit the go pedal soon enough. Otherwise, yeah, trade's going to be going down the guys that you're looking to move aren't really doing anything for their trade stocks. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting because as of right now, this Lakers team, as they are, their current roster, I don't think they're worrying the other top seeds of the likes of Denver, Minnesota, you know, up top on a, on a playoff run, especially when they, at best, the Lakers are going to be a playing team as we look at things. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We'll go to another heavy hitter right now in our trash pile, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. And we mentioned it before, as good as Giannis was, the rest of the team has been flat out awful. They have they had a one in three week. Indiana have completely controlled them all season long. They're now one and four against Indiana, again in a loss in the playing tournament in the semifinals there. Offensively, the Bucks have been outstanding this year. Again, with the addition of you know Damian Lillard, they're, they're always going to go the next level. But defensively, they've been terrible. They have, and you can see that loss of Drew Holiday has has hurt them for sure. And you're not going to be winning too many titles giving up the points that they are giving up. I get it, the way that the NBA's gone right now. It's, it's very offensive-centric, but yikes. Yeah, not good. Not, not a good week for the Milwaukee Bucks. They really need to turn things around, similar to, I guess, the Lakers. Heading into that all-star break, you want to get some kind of momentum. Momentum looking like you're going to actually win a title, not just here to make up the numbers. And I get it that they are in a much better position than the Lakers right now as a you know top two or three seed in their conference. But at the same time, you look at them and you look at Boston, 
it's glaringly obvious that Boston are so much better than them. So I don't know if Jay Crowder is going to make the world of difference when he does come back, but they'd want to hope that he helps them a lot on the defensive side of the floor. He can also hit that corner three when he's there, but you know, he's also aging. So I think they want to hope that the likes of even Marjon Beauchamp or Andre Jackson come on and can be that 3 and D guy if Crowder doesn't get going. But at the same time, they're super young. You're not asking them to, you know, average 15 to 20 a night. You're just asking them to chip in, and right now they're not getting that kind of production from them. And Lillard's had a pretty tough week. He's been bad in almost all outings against Indiana. Yeah, he was not good this week in helping Giannis, and, you know, Middleton's been, been up and down too. So, yeah, bad week for the Milwaukee Bucks. Very, very bad week. So last but not least in our trash bowl, speaking of very bad... If it wasn't for the Detroit Pistons and the San Antonio Spurs being absolutely horrific, this mob would be talked about a lot more. The Washington Wizards, they are so bad. They are losers of four straight, uh, an 0-4 week. And to be honest with you, you look at their, their next three to four games coming up, and it's hard to see them winning their next three. They've got the OKC Thunder coming up next. They then travel to Indiana, then travel to Atlanta. If they go 0-3 there, you'd like to think they can restore the faith against the Detroit Pistons at home. Will they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you couldn't be super confident. Detroit have actually battled a lot more of late. Obviously, as bad as their record is, they're 3-33. and But at least they're battling away. They're losing games in overtime or double overtime. So their record may say that they're worse than the Washington Wizards, but they're not. They're really not. I think this Washington Wizards team is the worst team in basketball. Similar to the Spurs, you know, the Spurs have only won five games as well, and they look better than the Washington Wizards. Wemby does a lot of things for you on that front, but, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. I think teams are going to come calling Washington, uh, and we'll talk about this kind of leads right into our news resolution segment right now in terms of the Washington Wizards in what they should do with Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. It really hasn't worked at all. But if I'm the Washington Wizards making a New Year's resolution, I'm doing everything in my power to move Kyle Kuzma for something. Because I think teams are going to come calling for him. The, you know, the older... There's going to be a team at the top of the Western Conference that will make a move for him, I think. Maybe the Lakers are in a position to, to potentially do that as well. And the Lakers are in a position to, to try and get everyone they really are. But I think I think they're going to come calling because right now, obviously, their roster isn't good enough to win. And I think Washington should just field any possible calls about getting something or someone for him. Because you're so, so bad right now. The Jordan Poole stocks are about as, as low as they're going to get. Kuzma stocks... They're high enough to make a move, and I think you just do that. You know, you know you're not going to win with him. You're not going to win without him, but you may as well get something. You should. The time is now, Washington. <laughs> Speaking of teams that should make a move, the Sacramento Kings have been rumored to go after Pascal Siakam this week, and I really, really, really think they need to hit the go button on this. If it's if it means giving up the likes of Keegan. Or a couple of bench pieces, you know, with Malik Monk playing as well as he's playing. I think you need to go after him. 
you do. Toronto made the move to bring in RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. I think they're kind of slowly getting a whole lot younger. And they had Pascal around when they won the title. Obviously had a couple of other chances with him too. I think the time has come now in Toronto to move him on. And his stock is still super high. He's playing at an all-star level this season. If you move him into that Sacramento roster as a you know a stretch four, they look good. They do because you have him playing alongside Darren Fox, Sabonis, and you know Pascal could be that second or third piece. That is a solid big three out west in a in a conference that is super, super, super tough to win, given that you've got to go through the likes of Denver and Phoenix and whatnot. I know, I know Phoenix are down right now, but you'll, you'll think eventually they'll get it together. You need something else. Apart from how decent that roster is, but it's not going to be enough to win as of right now. But you add Pascal Siakam, I think you get going. You definitely get out of the first round with him, for sure. And then you know you get a bit of momentum, especially given how good that home crowd is. That's a move they should be making. It should Speaking of making moves, a team that is currently fifth in the East, kind of going somewhat under the radar too, to be honest with you, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've got to make a move, I think, for a valuable three-man. And we talked about Jared Allen before, about how high this guy's stock is right now without their other big in Evan Mobley. Trade around Jared Allen, while his value is super high, may be the way to go because if you look at it right now even when they do get Mobley back and obviously you know at full health I still don't think they win they don't because you look at it Boston's there Milwaukee's there Philly's there they're probably top three and then you've got Orlando that you know Orlando are beatable the Knicks are up there now as well which is awesome obviously they've made their move getting OG Ananobi in which has been incredible for them but I think Cleveland need to make a move otherwise they're just they're somewhat making up the numbers in the playoffs, as good as Donovan is. You know, Garland, once he's back on the court with Mobley, like, yeah. They're winning games now, but I think you need to cash in while the value is super high on a on a big guy who could be great rim-protecting big and a guy who's posting extremely good numbers right now. A team like the Clippers could make a call, and if you're switching him for the likes of, I don't know, Zubac and Terrence Mann the worst move to make it's not I mean Terrence Mann may not get you to championship level but he's a it's a great addition to your lineup a guy that can score can lead that second unit as well yeah you'd have to think about it you would if that's an offer that you know the Clippers are willing to make for them to go the next level as well I know they've already made that move for Harden they're playing good basketball but you know if you can get an addition like Jared Allen shit why not I would. All right. That is news resolutions done. Let's slide into those DMs. We've got an anonymous question coming up today at Trash Talk with D Bork on Insta and TikTok. Hit that subscribe button. Follow away. I don't bite. Send those questions through. <laughs> Could Bronny James contribute right from the get-go as LeBron suggests? My goodness. Why did LeBron do this? His son just had a heart condition in the college offseason. Not saying he's at poor health, but there's every chance that dealing with 
I don't know, the pressure of, of coming into the league as one of the greatest of all time sons and playing alongside of his dad is a lot of pressure. So it's probably putting a lot of pressure on his body right now. He's come back at USC and he's been you know, serviceable at best. He's obviously got two very good players alongside of him, you know, Isaiah Collier being the main. For LeBron to say something like that is just stupid. It really is, because he couldn't come in and contribute right away. He's barely a first-round pick as it is right now. He's a first-round pick on name because someone's going to take a chance because you get LeBron alongside of that, even though he's, he's always said he wants to play with him. But if we're being fair, Bronny realistically should go back to school for another year and proper contribute. These guys are going to move on right now that he's got playing alongside of him, so he could be that guy next year. And you further improve your draft stock, but you also further improve your game and give your health enough time to also get better before going into an absolute gauntlet that would be the NBA. So, yeah, could Bronny contribute as of right now? Absolutely not. He couldn't. It's stupid. LeBron needs to needs to be better with, with statements like that. I know it's a PR move at best, but it's it's not a good one. It's not. Anyway, that is question time done for the week. Why don't we try and target something for tomorrow in NBA Tuesday Best Bets? Show me the money! Alright, we get a couple of games tomorrow that we're going to target. Granted, everyone is at full health. We are going to go with the Boston Celtics and Indiana Pacers over the 244.5. It's always been a big thing focusing on it this year with the Indiana Pacers. We're just targeting almost every single over as we can. And if you were punning on Indiana games a lot this season with game totals, I think you'd be far ahead of the track. So we're going to combine that in a double with the Chicago Bulls at the money line at the Charlotte Hornets. Chicago is a team that is competing for that play-in spot, currently bottom playing as we speak in 10th position. They're going to be a playing team at best, we know that, but they've got the likes of Zach Levine back and Vucevic brought them off the pine last game against the Charlotte Hornets. You'd think they're going to be far too good for them on this occasion. So a double there, you can get plus 172 or $2.72 there, so we're going to hit that. As always with the NBA, we say this every week. Keep an eye out on socials on TikTok and Instagram at Trash Talk with D-Bork there. We'll continue to post away there. Probably get another play or two on the NBA up by Thursday or Saturday this week. But we'll try and hit that on Tuesday. That's been another great episode. Plenty to talk about, as always. Our big guys are doing us proud this season. They really are. Hopefully we keep getting some quality play. We'll discover some new ones and see what we can chat about next week. But for right now, that is all. I'll be back again on Wednesday for our NFL pod. Hope you all have a great start to your week. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out of here.